Alrighty, welcome back to the Two Nerd Show. This is episode five. I'm Justin. And I'm Bree. Uh, today's going to be kind of a jam-packed one. Uh, we're talking about dieting. Now, this is something that Bree and I have had a lot of experience in. I feel like I've been dieting on and off for the better part of, what, a decade? Yeah, I'm still going. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, there's not many topics out there where I feel probably this confident in. Almost everything else I talk about, I, I get some, you know, some degree of like imposter syndrome talking about it. Uh, when it comes to dieting, I feel super confident in, you know, in at least the absolute foundational stuff. I mean, we've doing, been doing this for a very long time. We've tried a lot of different diet, diets. Ooh, testy. <laughs> tried a lot of different diets, had a lot of successes, had a lot of failures. Um, also, I've coached a lot of people over the years. Um, it's kind of what got you into coaching, really. Yeah, I mean. Trying to work out what's wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Because it what used to be such a mystery to me, I... I didn't want it to be anymore and I, I just, you know, I, I, I've always treated dieting and exercise and everything like that like a bit of a, just a big experiment. Um, so I've tried a lot of things. But yeah, well, it did stem from just just trying to work out why we struggled so much in the past and, and you know, why you've had your issues with with weight loss and things like that. Uh, and that kind of moved me on into into coaching and so forth. But besides the point, the reason that we wanted to talk about dieting today was Although it kind of seems like, I don't know, second nature to us now, um, you know, we still talk to people pretty pretty frequently that seem to be very confused about the topic. Yeah, I get it all the time. Like, I'm doing all the right things. I just don't understand. Or I'm doing what my friend is doing and we're doing exactly the same and they're getting different results. Yeah, exactly. Like how many times have we heard, like, you know, I'm doing the right things. I'm training really hard. I'm, you know, I'm eating clean. Uh, but it's just not working. Like I'm still not losing weight. Like we hear that all the time. Um, so our goal for today's episode is to really just like, really just clear it up for people and make it as easy to understand as possible because it's not your fault. It is super confusing. Like the, it's, it's on purpose. Like everyone's trying to sell you their thing. Everyone's trying to say that their method is the method. And a lot of times people will just, you know, look things up and end up more confused than when they started. Especially now with social media and TikTok and all those things, they just want to hook you in with something and then they create a whole diet over Here's it. how I lost, you know, X amount of weight over this time and this is, you know, it's like it's got to be this or it's got to be that. Um, so our goal today is to just really clear that up, um, you know, and, and show dieting for what it actually is, which is really very simple in essence. But simple does but not mean. to do. Yeah, simple does not mean easy. Like I want to be make that very, very clear. I mean, you know, a good example of that is like say you want to break up with your partner, you know, simple in essence. Like you just say the words like I don't want to be with you anymore and then you fucking leave the house. Uh, in reality, that's extremely hard to do and that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make here is everything that I'm saying today or what we're saying today is simple in essence but we're a living, you know, we're a good example that that's not always just because we know what to do doesn't make it easy. Um, so with that being said, what we're going to be covering in today's episode, are calories, macros, what diets work and what don't work. If there are any that don't work, wink, wink, um, intermittent fasting, should you be weighing your food? Can you lose weight and still drink alcohol? Uh, is there any best exercises for weight loss? How many steps should we be doing per day? Uh, neat or non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which sounds very complicated, but I promise you it's not. Uh, do you need to do cardio in order to lose weight? Psychology around dieting and dieting for different personality types, the effect sleep has and stress has on dieting, <sighs> and a bunch more. And a bunch more. 
and a bunch more. Um, I will say off the top of the show, uh, if you are pretty well versed in this topic, this might be a little bit basic for you. Uh, this is definitely more geared towards people that uh, are still confused around the topic. But with that being said, it's always good to brush up on the basics. Yeah, it's always good to just hear someone else's version, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, we can't start with dieting without talking about calories because calories are going to be uh, – calories are going to trickle down into everything else that we talk about today. Uh, calories are just energy. So no different to, you know, the fuel that powers a car calories are what powers, you know, our engine, so to speak. Um, but you know, just like different cars have, you know, burned different amount of fuels, different amount of fuels, depending on how big they are, how old the car is, how big the engine is, how fast they're driving on a day to day, how far they're driving on a day to day. Just like cars, we, you know, everyone burns a different amount of fuel or calories per day, depending on how old they are, how heavy they are, how active they are. Do they do they run a marathon a day? Do they sit at a desk all day? All of these things dictate how many calories we burn on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Good input. Um, so I don't want to com- complicate it more than that. Calories are just fuel. It's really simple. So you've probably heard the term at some point calories in, calories out. Um, you know, it gets thrown around a lot, but obviously there's still a fair bit of confusion around it. So calories in, calories out essentially just is, it's the basis of all dieting. Any diet that has ever said, you know, is the way to go, whether it be paleo, whether it be shakes, whether it be carnivore or vegan or anything like that, they're all just different methods. They're all just methods of getting into a calorie deficit, right? And a calorie deficit is just when we're burning more energy than we have coming in. You know, it's as if we're, you know, you're driving your car every day and the fuel tank is slowly coming down and then you fill the car back up. Uh, but, you know, let's say that you burnt $50 worth of fuel, but you only put $40 worth back in at the end of the day. There's going to be a $10 deficit there. And that is essentially what all dieting is. It's really simple, guys. Um, you know, when, we, when we're burning more energy than we have coming in, we're essentially just tapping into our energy reserves, which is our fat. And that's all it is. Like it's, it's very, very simple. Again, simple in essence, not easy to do because there's many, many things that hinder us from that. There's a lot of psychological factors, cultural factors. Uh, we live in a modern world where, you know, there's so much uh, availability to food, highly palatable foods. There's so much going into it. But at the end of the day, the way that our weight is going to come down on the scales is when we're burning more than we have coming in. Cool. Joel? Yep. Do you have anything on that? You know, because it took you a pretty, like, you know, when we sort of realized that, because for a lot of years, right, you were sort of, you know, of the, you've struggled with your weight in the past and it was a lot of confusion around, is there something wrong with me? Am I doing something wrong? And at the end of the day, you, you, you just came to the realization that yes, it does still come to calories in, calories out, but sure, you might have to eat sweet fuck all. Yeah, Um, some people like. We'll get into that later, but some people just have to move the needle way lower than others. Which yeah. I've had to work the hard way to learn that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah. yes, it's still like I fell into the deep trap of, oh, it must be my hormones or it must be, it must be adrenal fatigue. I must be stressed. It must be cortisol. It must be my thyroid. And like I've done all the things and it just come back to calories. Calories. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, you, you can have whatever hormonal thing that you could, you know, put any name to it that you want. But if you're stuck on a desert island, you can only eat 
couple of fish per day, it's like you're going to fucking lose weight. Um, I think the, the best way that I heard this is uh, would have been James Smith, but <laughs> standard. Um, it's like if you had a fat dog, what would you do? You know, you wouldn't go like, oh, it's got adrenal fatigue and it's like maybe it's hormone to out of whack. It's like, no, you just get it to eat less food and you start taking it for more walks. More walks. You're just creating a, a calorie deficit. It's, it's very simple. Again, simple in essence, not easy to do. Um, so that's calorie deficit. It's very simple. Uh, burn more than you have coming in. Then, then it comes to macros. So macros are the macronutrients that make up the calories. That's our proteins, our carbs, and our fats. Um, before I get into that, what is with boomers and protein? They hate protein. Oh, man. They, they think, hate protein. Oh, oh I've, I've had my two steaks this week. I can't have any more. Yeah. I, I, oh, I've had a lot of red meat today, this week. Jeez, there's a lot of protein in there. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's a lot of protein. And also like a lot of food on your plate. Like they're like, man, we've had a big meal. We've had a big meal. Yep. <sighs> I know. It's, Is it because it's coming? Maybe they come at, they weren't even in the war. No. Like. For, I think it's from <laughs> yeah. their parents that were in the war and they just, I don't know, they just hate red get meat. get much food. Yep. Like yep. <laughs> Um, I'm going to keep things pretty simple here. Uh, like I said, it's protein, carbs, and fats. Um, I'm going to be using a car analogy today. One that I'm actually very proud of because it's probably been used before, but I did, I a hundred percent come up with this myself. This is my own. Let me just be clear here to everyone listening. I come up with this. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I don't want it. Don't get too excited. <laughs> it's still just protein, carbs, and fats. It's not that, that exciting. Like <laughs> um, let's start with protein, the one that all the boomers hate. Um, protein I like to think of as like the oil in our car. So the oil is necessary for the engine to function smoothly. It lubricates the parts and ensures that everything's running as it should, right? Protein is the building blocks for all the cells and everything within our body, right? A lot of people think of protein as the muscle building thing or, you know, it's like you're going to eat a ton of protein, you're going to put on a ton of muscle and you're going to bulk up. Yes, protein is the building block of muscle, but protein is also the building block of your nails, of your hair, of your intestine lining, of your heart, of your lung, like everything, right? It's very, very, very important. It's very important in growth and repair. Um, so without enough protein, it's like, you know, not putting oil in the car. It'll just seize up. So when people talk about carbs, um, sorry, when people talk about uh, macros in general, we tend to put protein as the most important thing, right? Let's just keep it simple. If you're dieting to some degree or you want to start dieting or you want to, you're a bit confused about everything, let's just make sure that protein is at the top of the list because it's the building block of everything that we do. Don't just think of protein as muscle building. Um, then we go into carbs. Carbs are like the fuel for your car, right? That's the immediate fuel for the car. Um, just to make the car move, we need sort of that carbs, carbs for that, that quick energy for the body. Um, so I always th- like to think of carbs as just, you know, as a fuel or, or our preferred source of fuel. And I'll get, there is another fuel source, which I'll get into in a second. Um, but especially during like high physical activity, um, you know, any sort of endurance work, if you lift weights or if you do anything, then carbs are going to be very much the fuel source that is going to be powering those things. So if you're ever doing anything that is of, you know, that, you know, high energy, then, then just remember carbs are going to be what's fueling that predominantly, not totally predominantly. And you can do it another way. You can do it another way, which I'm going to get into in a second. Not to be confusing. Not to be confusing here. Uh, <laughs> this is where it gets confusing. It, yeah, <laughs> it can do. It can do. Um, so just think of that. Carbs are the fuel in the car. Uh, and then fats are like the car's battery. I'm very proud of this analogy. 
Um, so just like the battery stores energy for when the car needs to start and it's, you know, it's responsible for all the electronic components in the car, fats are what's responsible for, you know, for all the, like, you know, a lot of functions within the body, like hormone production, um, you know, cholesterol production, all of these things that are super, super important. Without the battery, the car just wouldn't run. Without fats, our body just would, it wouldn't function properly. Um, but not only does it, um, is fat also, you know, important in the production of hormones and things like that and just like the, the electronical components of a car, so to speak, um, just like a hybrid car can also use fats, fats a battery as or electric as a as a fuel source so can so can humans do that that with fats as well um so we can use fats as fuel i don't want to get too deep into it uh that's kind of where the whole keto thing comes in and obviously we burn fats when we're uh when we're not you know doing high energy things and stuff like that not really relevant um, so that's where it would become a hybrid and you can switch the battery at the energy source over to the battery exactly right so if i'm just walking along the street I'm just walking, cruising. I'm in a very relaxed state. It's like in that regard, we're using the hybrid engine, you know, or the, you know, the hybrid electric motors, so to speak. Um, we're just plodding along. But if I start sprinting and I put the foot on the gas pedal, then we're going to switch over to gasoline, fuel, petrol. And, you know, when we really need that fast, immediate fuel source, we're going to be switching over to carbs or petrol in the car, right? I hope that all makes sense. That's kind of like macros in a nutshell. If we were to put it on a, you know, just always, just always remember proteins, most important building blocks of everything, carbs, fuel, fats for health in general, very basic overview, but that's kind of the, the gist of it. Um, should we be tracking macros? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it depends. Um, I think that tracking macros and having an understanding of them and having an understanding of just calories in general, I think is a skill, an invaluable skill. You know, I think that if everyone, let's say it would never happen, but like, let's just say that learning calories and macros was a part of like PE in school. I think we'd have a, you know, a much less, I, I think we'd have a way, uh, we wouldn't have as bad of a, a, a what am I trying to say here? Obesity epidemic. 100%. Imagine if you, like for six weeks, you had to track everything you ate as a kid. Exactly. Yeah. So interesting. And I want to be clear here that like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk around, should we be tracking calories? Is it good for our mental health? Is it bad for our mental health? Um, I don't think you have to track it every, time, every day. I don't think you have to track it for the rest of your life. But if you do learn to track calories at some point, that is a skill that you keep in the back of your mind forever. And you went, it, it, it makes it very easy to understand that it's like, oh, okay, I'm overweight currently. Um, I've once learned how to track calories. I know that I don't like tracking calories all the time, but I'm about to go into a season of just trying to trim down. Maybe it's after the holidays, something like that. I know what to do. I don't have to do it for the rest of my life, but I'm going to do a 12-week or let's say period where I'm tracking calories. And you have the skill to do that. So I think that you can, you know, I think we should learn to track macros and, and have a basic understanding of them. Um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think people would be better off that way. Yeah, it definitely would help. Just overall, like we like tracking everything. Yeah, but it's something that I'm, I'm generally interested in um, and I can empathize with people that aren't interested in it. You know, I, I get that. I, I'm not, 
Yeah, like know? my own sister, she would go, oh, I'm not tracking calories. Yeah, of course. Um, and obviously we've learned the hard way because we do need to track everything that we eat because I'm so – I can put on weight so easily. Um, so you just have to be careful with that. So that's why we do do that. But I feel, yeah, if you don't need to do that at all. It's really a, a, you can manage what you measure. The way that I like to think of it is if 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 let's say that you wanted to – you're going to save up for a trip to go overseas. You probably, you know, usually don't track your finances, most people, that much, right? You check it every now and then, whatever. But when you're going just like, I'm going to save up for a, a trip, it's six months away from now, then you probably start tracking your finances a little bit more. You start, you know, tracking expenses here and there, making sure that you're putting a bit of money away every week and making sure that you're cutting down on unnecessary spending, things like that. That wouldn't be classed as excessive, right? That's just a necessary thing to do. And I think the same as if you have an intention with something to do with your diet. If you're trying to lose weight, put on muscle, even maintain, like intentional maintaining, then I think it it, it just makes sense to be tracking those things. And if it does become a bit of a mental health issue for you, then yeah, sure, then definitely don't do it. But I think that that's a very small subset of the population and we shouldn't base everything off that. Yeah, I think it comes back to the podcast we filmed last week about goals like if you have a certain goal in place then yeah it, it definitely will help you yeah. achieve those goals in a better outcome. I think the a, a good way to think of this stuff is is like you know even with dieting like it's like if you're if you're on a certain diet or whatever it's like it doesn't have to be forever like you can use things for certain periods of time for seasons of life or whatever that you you're like I'm going to do this for the next 12 weeks and then after I've done that I'm going to take the you know I'm going to be less strict and I'm going to take the foot off the gas pedal and and just go back to sort of intuitively eating or whatever it is that you might do. It doesn't have to be forever. It's just a good tool that once you have it, you have it. To understand it. Of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, what diets work and what diets don't work, right? Let me be clear here that I've kind of touched on this already in the episode, but all diets work. Anyone who says that their method is the method or anyone who says that calorie deficit isn't the way to lose weight or whatever. It's like, I can say with a hundred percent fucking uh, conviction that they are 100% wrong. And even if they don't think that they're wrong, their method is still just getting them to a calorie deficit. Even if they think that it isn't. <laughs> I was thinking, cool. about, I was thinking about, you know, those, like TikTok girls and they're like vegan and they're like tell you how you have to like, oh, I'm on this diet and I don't track calories and it's like you never have to track calories again. I was thinking of those diets. What are they? Uh, you never you never have to track calories again. You know, and they get you in and you're like, it's all about intuitive eating. Yeah. This, here's Okay. You, you just sort of sparked something in my mind, right? It's like the reason that people will say that, their way is the way is just purely because it's worked for them and maybe they have tracked calories in the past and maybe it didn't work for them but they've found another subset of or a way of of eating and it's just intuitive and whatever that might be and then it's sort of this generic statement like counting calories doesn't work and it's like well you can find about a fucking million millions hundreds of millions of, of cases where that isn't true um it's just it's confirmation bias it's just Essentially what works for them is now the only thing that works for everyone. Find a diet that works for you. If you're someone who likes, you know, 
If, if you want to be vegan, you can be vegan. All diets work. If you want to be carnivore, you can be carnivore. That's fine. If you want to just eat like a normal omnivore diet where you're eating veggies, you're eating meats, and then you, you know, you have, you know, more palatable foods or fast foodsy or processed foods here and there. You like magnums and you want to put a magnum in. You want to put magnum in. You want to do, do it more flexible. Fit the magnum in. Fit the magnum in. That's fine. But I just want the, the main point here is that all diets work. It's just what diet works for you. Now, there are certain scenarios where there are diets that are good for certain scenarios. For example, I have psoriasis and that's an autoimmune disease and carnivore has now been shown to be very beneficial for that. The lowering, and you've learned that. You've, I've done it myself. Yeah, gave it a go. hundred percent. Yeah. The, I've tried many things over the course of 10 years in terms of, you know, fixing my psoriasis and almost nothing works, but the carnivore diet hundred percent No does. creams, no doctors. No, no nothing. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It starts reversing. I know that for a fact. The boomers hate the protein. Boomers hate the protein. Can't fathom. Can't fathom this much red meat, <laughs> colon cancer. Wait, so you're only having meat? Yes, only. Well, <laughs> they always try and come up with reasons as to like, well, what about what about this meat? Yep. About, yep, 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 just meat. Just meat. Yep. What about do you want some like greens with that? Just meat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just being honest with you guys, like it's I've done it for a couple of months, and it's it's hard to stick to. It's it's not not a a lifestyle that I particularly love as much as I love meat. I don't love meat 100% of the time. And, uh, but yeah, so there are certain diets that work for certain things, you know, keto for people that have epilepsy and things of that nature. That's not really the point of this episode. This episode is really more about weight loss in general. And in that case, all diets work. It's what one that works for you. Mm, and then you can stick to the longest. 100%. Pick the diet that you can stick to. Okay, so next up we have intermittent fasting. So this is something that we've done quite a bit in the past. Uh, I still do it to this day, not because intermittent fasting does anything special in particular. You know, it's not because of autophagy or anything like that, which I will touch on very briefly in a minute. Um, intermittent fasting is just a really easy way to eat less calories. This is putting less fuel in the tank. Exactly, right? It's just so, moving it from time, like the times. It's just the times, really. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people talk about like 16 by 8, by eight dieting, like this eating window and like should I be eating during a four-hour window or an eight-hour window or, or whatever. Five two and or I five eat lower two. calories Ex on this day. Guys, guys, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter, right? All it's doing is putting you in a calorie deficit. That's it. The, the actual number doesn't do anything. So for me in particular, I hate going to bed hungry. I get cranky. I get cranky and I like eating my food at night. You know, I like to have it. I like to make sure I've got a decent amount of calories saved up for the nighttime. And that's just me. Everyone's different, right? Everyone is different. Um, so for me, skipping a meal in the morning, skipping breakfast is one of the easiest ways for me to just cut, cut down like four or 500 calories, you know, like that's boom. That puts me into a deficit. That's great. Like I'm busy in the morning. I've had a coffee. I'm running around. I'm working. I'm, I'm doing all of these things. and you know, for me personally, I, I like to say, like I said, I save my calories for night. Now, someone else might be very different. You know, maybe someone just loves eating breakfast and then they just, they're not that keen on having a big dinner. It makes them feel a bit bogged down. They don't sleep as well. That's fine. You've got to find what works for you. The actual method of intermittent fasting isn't special at all. So maybe we just quickly explain for people listening, when you say 16-8, what does that mean? So 16-8 is when you fast for 16 hours and then you eat in an, in an eight-hour window, yep. right? 
and there's a lot of talk around like that this is this this does something special right this is this is the this is a you know a superior way to lose weight because you're burning fat while you're you know if if you do any movement during the faster period then you're tapping into your fat stores remember what i said about the fuel tank analogy now it doesn't matter whether you fill up the tank in the morning or fill up the tank at night or fill up the tank sporadically throughout the day sporadically throughout the day is you know the opposite of intermittent fasting and then just filling the tank at night is is like intermittent fasting the net amount of calories burnt and calories put into the system over a given day into the fuel into the car is is the same so it doesn't matter when you eat it doesn't it doesn't do anything special now what a lot of people talk about when it comes to fasting is something called autophagy now this is when essentially the body goes into almost like a clear out of the of the cells we you know our cells accumulate a lot of damage and you know i don't want to get too deep into it here but when we fast it starts something in our body it ignites something in our body called ampk and it just puts it into a bit of like a i like i like to think of this as like servicing the car right it clears everything out it goes into a bit of a repair mode um that sounds a little bit woo woo but i promise that it is truly a real thing and it is good for your body to do that like every now and then 100% like with the seasons especially as you you know changing winter to summer and things like that I feel that that is an important time to have a little break for the system. It is. I I, I personally think that it is. I mean, sure, you can go about your life and, and never do a fast and, and live to whatever. Like there's plenty of obviously examples of that. Um, I personally have noticed that when I do do a fast that my skin will clear up. Um, certain little things. I definitely feel. Immune system. Yeah, yeah. I, I Like I said, I like to think of it as just servicing the car. Um, you know, it's very unlikely that the way that we evolved when we were cavemen, font, you know, hunter gatherers, that we were eating from the minute that we woke up to the minute that we went to bed. Um, you know, it was most likely the 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 case that we had to, you know, wake up and hunt for our food and wait and then kill it and eat it. And there was obviously fasting involved in that. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't always have food every single night, every single meal, every single day. Of course not. So. Yeah. It's one of those things. Again, is it good for you? Yes. Can you live without it? Yes. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, if you can't even, some people can't fathom not eating breakfast, oh, right? You know, like it's how like. How funny are those people? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like I, I am like, because I haven't done it for so long. I just did that sort of six months of, of more reading, obviously in the marathon prep when I was, started skipping breakfasting and I'm like, man, this is fucking, I'm fucking hungry. Um, which just shows how quickly the body um, you know, that, that doesn't take long to, to go. And so, a quick note, you're not starving. You're not. Yeah. Let's be real here. When you've got weight on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, um, so that's kind of intermittent fasting. Again, there are different ways that you can do this. Um, another thing that I personally have found useful for me, uh, could only speak for me is typically with our lifestyle. We like to eat out a little bit more on the weekends. We're a little bit more social, a little less tracking everything. Um, I find it very easy to track all of my calories through the week and be a little bit more strict. And then I find it quite handy, at least for, for me to, to, to loosen that up a little bit. And, and if I eat a little bit less throughout the week, kind of a version of intermittent fasting, but just eating less through the week. Uh, and then I save up a bit more calories. I, I save money in the bank, so to speak. Gives yeah. me a bit of breathing room on well, the weekends. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes if we knew unexpectedly that we had a big weekend of food, you know, barbecues and things like that. On the Monday, you just you eat less. Eat a little bit less. Again, it's, what is it? It's it's easy, <laughs> simple in essence. Is that what you were saying? Uh, no, calorie in. Calorie calorie in. Okay. 
<laughs> Damn it, we've got to sync up yeah. on these sayings. Um, yeah, it, again, it's very simple, guys. I hope this is all kind of making sense. But at the end of the day, very simple. Um, let's talk about weighing our food. Um, you know, again, it's easy to talk about being in a calorie deficit and just eating less and moving more. But if you're not, you know, somewhat tracking the food that you're eating on a day-to-day or don't have any really idea of, of how to do that, that can make things very difficult, um, you know, to, 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 to not understand how to do those things. And I do recommend just looking into things like MyFitnessPal and, and, and tools that can help you track calories and scan barcodes. Again, this isn't something that you have to do for the rest of your life. It's something that I enjoy doing. I, I enjoy this stuff, but if you feel like I can't fathom doing it, I encourage you to try weighing your food and tracking your food for a month. Especially sauces and, you know, like I don't think people quite understand the difference in just a few calories over every meal. I'm eating, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating, I'm eating, you know, granola and I'm eating berries with honey and, and an acai bowl on the weekend. And this is this, this idea that like I'm eating healthy. I'm eating like, look at this. This is, this is the colors of a rainbow. Great. Like this is fucking amazing. Heaps of nutrients has nothing to do with weight loss, right? So that's where like I do I do encourage you if you if you're listening to this to try tracking calories for a month if this is something that you are interested in or struggle with yourself, just give it a go. You'd be blown away with what you can learn in that month. Yeah. And what's in yeah, exactly. What's in like even just a tiny bit 200 grams of lamb versus 200 grams of beef is insanely different. Insanely different. Yeah, exactly. It's the same amount of weight and the same amount of food that you would normally eat on a plate. Yeah. And and just to be clear, if if this is very new to you, when you see something that is like, you know, say it's 200 grams of beef, uh, let me be very clear here. That's not 200 grams of protein. I know it's mo- it looks like it's mostly protein, uh, but that'll be a mixture of protein and fats and sometimes carbs. Um, but yeah. So again, this comes back to the skill of learning it. If you put 20 hours into anything, you can be blown away with how much you can learn. So if it's something you want to learn, just give it a go for a month. And uh, yeah, then you'll be blown away with just how easily you can look at foods then be out without having to track calories, go out for lunch and make really good informed decisions on what is going to be the best for you in that season of your life. Cool. Uh, Can you lose weight and still drink alcohol? The short answer is yes, you can, 100%. The longer answer is it's probably going to make it much more difficult. And again, harder to track. Harder to track. It's just they. It's easy to have a, you know, beers on the weekend, wines with dinners, you know, whatever that might be, and it just makes things more difficult. Well, it could be the reason that you're not losing weight. Oh, easily because like, you're not track. You forget that that's even a trackable. Let's let's thing. use this as an example. You're someone who you're pretty good through the week. Like we said, I'm eating right. I'm training really hard. I do all the all the right things. But on the weekends, I usually. I'll, I'll do a couple of things. I might go to a lunch with the girls. I'll have five or six, you know, maybe four cocktails or, or whatever that might be. Jeez. Jesus. <laughs> um, and then I'll go for dinner and then I'll have a few more drinks. And like in that scenario, that is easily the difference between you being in a deficit for the week and not. Like easily. Um, and then I'm forgetting the drinks that you did have. All the shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely can 100%, but it will make things more difficult. Not only that. When we drink alcohol and we eat food with that alcohol, our body's trying to essentially metabolize that alcohol. It prioritizes it over everything else. So 
when we drink alcohol and then we have that sausage roll or we have that pizza or we have those chips, whatever that might be, uh, we're a little bit more likely to store that as fat because the body's working on metabolizing the, the alcohol out of our system while we're, you know, while we're eating that food. So it's something to keep in mind. But again, it just, it just all sort of adds up to the fact that, yes, you can, but it's going to be much more difficult. When you taught me that, I was so like blown away by that. Yeah, it sucks. Like, it's always when you, it's the only time you eat bad food. Well, think, yeah, if you've got a big hangover too, it's like, all right, we're having KFC the next day. We're doing this, we're doing that. And it's like, that really can can derail your progress 100%. Which makes sense. Your liver is in such overdrive right now trying to digest this poison inside your body. Yeah. It doesn't have time to digest that hey, KFC. Hey, mate. It goes, I'll put that over there mate, for later. I'll easy <laughs> store that KFC for later. Like no, no dramas. <laughs> Save that for Ron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, something to keep in mind. You can 100% lose weight, but just keep in mind it's going to be much more difficult. Uh, that kind of wraps up the calorie portion of this podcast. That's kind of covered what calories are, what macros are, what diets work and what diets don't, everything like that. That kind of moves us now a little bit more into sort of like energy balance um, and sort of more so like the burn. How do we burn? And like, because obviously, it's, there's consuming foods and that plays a major part in this whole equation. The most. The most by far. Um, but then there's also, you know, burning calories. And there's a lot of people that sort of say like, you know, I'm doing this really hard exercise and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going, doing 10,000 steps a day and I'm, I'm doing F45 and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But I'm still not losing weight. And the reality is, is that... Exercise plays a very small part in the amount of total energy burn that we burn on a given day to day, right? The least, actually. You know, something that I sort of forgot to mention with the car analogy is that we still burn fuel when the car is just idling, right? You could not get up one day and you still burn. You still burn, yeah, 100%. Your heart's still beating, your lungs are still breathing, your brain's still thinking. Um, You're still burning a lot of calories, even if you're in a coma. So, that's something just to keep in mind. Exercise, we like to think of it as this like this major part of our you know weight loss journey, and and it and it can play a part. It definitely accumulates over time. Um, but the reality is, is we're focusing on one hour a day when there's a whole lot of rest of the day that we could be focusing on in terms of burning more calories. And I'll get into more of that uh, in a second. Uh, but the reality is, is that a lot of people. We like to say like, you know, is there a kind of, you know, their way is the best way when it comes to weight loss, you know, whether that be F45 or Pilates or whatever that might be. And it kind of comes back to the diet sort of confirmation bias again. People have found something that works for them. And, you know, you you get so many people say it's like, oh, Pilates is the way or F45 is the way. And it's just that they've found something that they enjoy, they resonate with, Mm -hmm. they've found a community with. Uh, and it helps and, them go consistently and it helps them go consistently, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, if you could say that Pilates is the best way for me to lose weight, it's like, no, it's not because I would never go again. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, again, it, it really comes back down to finding something that works for you. If you like just, I don't know, playing squash every day, then that's great. It, it, it's going to be just as good. Like we don't burn many calories during exercise, um, you know, during gym sessions and things like that. Besides the fact gym working on our strength and and things like that have many, many, many more benefits than just weight loss. I want to be very clear here. I'm not writing off that side of things. This is really just more when it comes to weight loss. Um, But yeah, exercise in itself doesn't play a huge role 
you're much better off focusing on foods that you're consuming, the calories that you have coming in, and then something called meat, which is something that we're going to touch on in a second. My favorite thing. Yes. <laughs> it is very handy. Um, so neat is, 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 is a secret sauce. This is very, very, very helpful for people that are trying to lose weight. So NEAT is our non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Essentially, all the movement that we do outside of exercise, walking, sitting, fidgeting, talking, moving around, just all these little things, this adds up to a lot of calories, right? Just lifting your arms. Lifting. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping my toes. Tapping my toes. All of these things add up to calories burn and people would be very very surprised as to just how much that is it is much more significant than just an hour's worth of exercise and I always say it's like we, we're always focused on this one hour of exercise where you're awake for 16 hours of the day like if we can focus on being a little bit more intentional with those 16 hours you know maybe standing a little bit more making sure that you're you know taking the taking the stairs instead of a lift going for a 10-minute walk after lunch, maybe parking the car a little bit further away when you go to the shops, all these intentional little things do genuinely like really fucking add up. Like, And how's when you park the car like further away in the further car park and like you're doing it for exercise at the start, but now that we just choose to park over there because it, it's always empty. Have, you don't have to look for a park. It's always empty. They've got all these fucking lazy bones. <laughs> It's like going round and round and yeah. round and round trying to find one near the front door. You really um, don't care and it's just – and boom, you're in the shops. Yeah. It takes less than a minute. It takes less than a minute. It really does. And and like I said, guys, if you can take anything away from this podcast today, that is that if you focus on the 16 hours rather than the one hour that you're in whatever class you're in, whatever gym you're doing, whatever that might be, you that, that can really make a significant difference. I mean just standing as opposed to sitting uh, burns around 30% more calories. So – Let's say that you're someone who's like 85 kilos, right? You're 85 kilos and you decide to stand as opposed to sit for your eight hours at work. Now, I know that's a long time, but it, it, just for example's sake, if we were to do that as an 85 kilo person, we actually burn about 312 calories more than if we were sitting. Now, let me be clear. It's probably more than you'd burn in a gym session. Yeah. For real. Yeah. For real. It's about that. Roughly. Again, we don't know for sure. We're just going off fitness trackers and they're very inaccurate, but whatever. So like the, the, my point being is if you can stand for a lot more of the day, I truly believe that sitting is the biggest enemy of weight loss. Um, stand- yeah, I've been standing this week and it's not even that. Like a, if you don't have the chair there at all to even tempt you, yeah. you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just kind of get used to it. But-, but if the chair's there, I'll sit. Do you reckon you'd ever get a like a walking desk? Yeah, I want to get one. I don't, you, but you don't like walking with no, doing no, things, yeah, you know. Yeah, I do. You I hate do, doing yeah. those things. <laughs> so I, I would, I would find it difficult to work. I think, and or do any like substantial, deep kind of work. Maybe I could fluff around, but, um, but yeah. So that's sort of neat. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And trying to break it up into that. So if you're looking at the sixteen hours over the day, like don't forget, like even we're bad for this sometimes is like after, you know, you have your 90 minutes of work and stuff like that. Like just have, just get up, go have a drink of water, go to the bathroom, go for a five minute walk, go in the yard, go somewhere. Just five minutes even will do. These things add up. These things really do add up. So um, yeah, if, if, if you someone, this is really uh, very relevant. If you're someone who sits a lot, 
if you can be very intentional with the time that you you can be good habit to get into yeah. very good habit to just get those, into that five minutes of getting up is just so so important like yeah it's crazy it's good yeah. for your head it's good for the body yeah highly recommend um which takes us on to everyone's uh you know onto steps which is kind of a a very easy way to increase our neat you'll often hear people sort of recommend 10,000 steps per day uh which i do personally like I'll, i will try and aim for 10,000 steps as a minimum you know, even if it's the day that I, I know that I can't maybe make it to the gym or, or whatever that might be, I'll still try and, you know, get to 10,000 steps. Now, is 10,000 a magic number? No, it doesn't do anything special. It's just an easy number to remember. Um, so, I had a magic number for weight loss for myself. What do you mean? <laughs> I had a magic number. Like for me, when I was losing all my weight, what would have really helped with me was if I knew that I hit 20,000 steps every oh, day. Oh, sorry. I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I had a magic number. That is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, when you were, when you were hitting 20,000 steps, like it's, it's so much energy burnt that it's very – it's almost very difficult at that point to overeat, you know, when, when you're doing 20,000 steps per day, which actually does bring me on to – a point that I wanted to talk about today, which I found super interesting. Um, they've done sort of studies on modern tribes, like there are tribes called like the Hadza. And uh, they're kind of the closest thing that we have now to what humans were as hunter-gatherers, right? Um, they're still very much cut off from society. They hunt game every day. They, they you know, they... Oh, they're still here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is like... Yeah, this is now. They're, they're out there. They're out there, man. They're 100% <laughs> out there. Um, and they've shown that like Hudson men on average walk four to seven miles or six to 11 kilometers per day, or, you know, that's roughly 15 to 20,000 uh, steps per day, magic number. Uh, and the women do about half of that. But basically what they're, what they've shown in this study is that, you know, most likely because what they're doing on a day to day is they're, you know, they're harvesting honey, they're digging for tubers, picking berries, fetching water, firewood, hunting wild game, things like that. All the things that We've done as humans for millions and millions of years. Uh, not anymore, Far obviously. Far from that now. From that now. Uh, and they've shown that generally speaking, the men will be doing about 20,000 steps a day. The women will be doing about half of that. So it might be a magic number for a reason, you know, like it might be just because it's kind of what we're, what we're designed to do. And once you do that amount of walking per day, let's say, uh, like I said, it is very difficult to, it's difficult to overeat. Mm. And it just gives you that little buffer. Gives you a buffer. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, it 20- does. It was three hours of walking for me. Three hours of walking. It was It was a lot. But I will say like something that I've done in the past, which was a little bit more easy due to the nature of my work at the time, but when I was uh, coaching a lot of clients and stuff like that, I just made it a habit that anytime I had a phone call with a client, it was like get up and walk. So I would do like maybe an intentional walk in the morning, one hour, let's say, and then I'd have some client calls throughout the day, get up and walk around and then by the time nighttime came around, I'd usually only have to do a half an hour walk after dinner and I'd hit that 20,000 steps. Mm. So spread it out over the day. Again, 16 hours, not one hour. Exactly, 100%. Um, okay, do you need cardio in order to lose weight? <laughs> I was hoping you'd answer that one. Uh, the short answer is no. Okay, again, it comes back to you know just overall calorie balance. Will it help? Yeah, fucking like, yeah, it can definitely help. You know what I mean? Um, you don't need to, you know, just because um, you start start wanting to, you know, lose some weight or whatever. 
start doing hours on the treadmill or anything like that. Like anything, it can be a hand, handy tool. Um, I know for me this year, uh, just training for a marathon and stuff like that, just purely because I was doing so many kilometers that my, my weight came down pretty naturally without me really having to try. Now I had to stop after a while because, because I was in such a steep deficit that it was really affecting my performance and things like that. Um, so I had to obviously increase my calories and stop that deficit. But, um, but yeah, for me, it was, it was a very, very useful tool, um, but absolutely not necessary. Okay, so the next thing that you might hear thrown around quite a bit is something called starvation mode. You know, people love to throw around. around starvation mode. Now, I want to be clear here, starvation mode, not a thing, you know. Like you can, like I said, if you're stuck on a desert island, you are not going to go so deep into starvation mode that you start storing fat and things like that. No, of course not. You're going to fucking, you're going to starve to death and you're going to die. Or you haven't <laughs> eaten for a few hours and you're going to starve. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work that way. Now, I will say that. Bringing it back to the car analogy, what do we do when, when our fuel tank's on low? We slow down, maybe you roll up the windows, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to burn too much fuel. You essentially slow the engine down. You're like, fuck, I've got to, I'm on the highway, I've still got, I don't know, 50 kilometers until a, until a petrol station that says I've only got 30 k's into the tank, turn the air conditioning off, wind the windows up. Essentially what we're trying to do in that scenario is we're trying to conserve resources, right? We're trying to slow everything down so we can conserve the energy that we have in that fuel tank as long as possible the human body does the same thing now if we've been in a deficit for a very long time it will slow things down right it'll you know it'll make us you know the, the neat that we were talking about a little bit earlier uh you'll fidget less you know you'll be less likely to get up and you know maybe if someone rings the doorbell you're far less likely to to jump up and maybe you'll let your partner answer it and these things are all subconscious we don't consciously make these decisions uh, and it'll it'll slow your metabolism down and things like that. Just on that note too, like I can I, I'll yeah I can say that firsthand. When when I was on really low calories, you just don't want to go to the gym. You don't want that's where it like bites you in the ass the other way too. Like you, I physically couldn't be bothered to do the extra walking and yeah, you know, like you just don't want to. Of course, yeah. And that's your body trying to save you because it doesn't want to be uncomfortable. Well, it doesn't want to, yeah, it doesn't want to burn through its fuel sources. Like again, if we're on a desert island, you've only got the fat on your body that you're surviving on and you're using as energy because again, we still need energy no matter what, even if we're just sitting and, and not moving. Um, it's going to try and conserve that energy as best it can. Now, I will say that this isn't starvation mode. This is just the body doing what it needs to do. And if we just fill the tank back up, you know, you, you put hundred bucks in the tank for a little bit, we're good to go again, you know? And, and the way that we do that with, as a human is we just, you know, we bump up our calories, eat, eat maintenance calories for two weeks and we're good. Yeah. It is doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. And you don't have to like go change your diet and do all these things. Like it is surprisingly, you just eat maintenance for a little bit feel a little bit better and start again start again yeah doesn't have to be complicated guys um cool so that's everything on starvation mode um let's talk a little bit about like the psychology around dieting um i don't want to get like too deep into this um uh, but it is very relevant because like i kind of said at the start of the show i mean food food isn't just just food like you know i like to use the car analogy but in reality for humans food is more than just than just fuel um it has cultural significance social significance um we have emotional attachment to foods we 
the foods that we ate growing up, the way that our parents fed us, these things all really dictate the way that we behave with food, whether we use food as a crux, whether we use food uh, as a stress reliever. Uh, maybe when you're stressed, you don't eat. Everyone's different and it really depends on how you grew up and your traumas and, and this and that. Um, so it, 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 is, it is worth looking into that side of things and having a bit of a self-reflection and thinking, what do I do when I'm stressed? Do I, do I stress eat? I know for me, I stress eat 100%. That's, that's me to a T. Um, and I wish I was one of those people when I was going through all my stress. And it, well, I would not eat and then I must have ate somewhere. Yeah. Now that I know what I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had yeah. to have eat stress eat it somewhere. Oh, yeah, of course. Like again, it's it's Wait, Now, don't get me wrong, stress will you know, will make dieting more difficult. It will make, you know, it far more difficult to stick to a diet or it'll make it the body is just not working the way that it should when we're in a chronically stressed state. That is a fact. Um but also you can't make something from nothing and you can't just magically store calories as fat stores if they weren't coming in in a surplus somewhere. So again, it's, if, we're, if we're super stressed, we're chronically stressed, we are going to be stress eating. Well, some people are going to be stress eating somewhere and it's just obvious that uh, that's more than, than we think. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think going back to what you were just saying before with the psychology of it, I think it's important, yeah, like you said, to just note it down, recognise your own patterns. Don't be too hard on yourself because it is a pattern that you've got yourself into, mm-hmm. but it can come out of it. You yeah, can, you can slowly come out of it, or you know, remove yourself, and it just takes discipline, really. It takes discipline, and look, as much as we might stress eat and things like that, at the end of the day, it's not the stress making us pick up the Oreo. Uh, that is still a conscious choice, and we still do have to be disciplined in these scenarios. Now, there's nothing wrong with having an Oreo. There's nothing wrong with, you know, using food as a way to relax you sometimes. But if it is something that is genuinely stopping your progress, then you have to recognize that. And you have to own it. You have to take ownership over the decisions that you make and, and not blame the stress. Well, also fix the stress. And yeah. it might come, to, you know, like of course, look yeah. at the root cause, yeah. not just. Absolutely. Things, yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. So when it comes to the psychology of dieting, there's a lot in it. I mean, like I kind of have touched on already, we live in a world that is absolutely geared towards making us obese. I mean, there's, you know, there's dopamine fucking spiking foods left, right and center. There's advertising. It's. It, it is more difficult than it has ever been to be a fit human being and not be obese and things like that. But at the end of the day, it really does come down to education and discipline. And once you know these things, these things become much, much easier. Uh, let's talk about all or nothing personality types. <laughs> so something that I like to say, there are, there are two types of people. Uh, this is just something that I've noticed within myself, within Brie and within, within many, many clients. Um, you know, I like to say that you know, I, I personally am not of the, you know, cut all foods out, cut any kind of foods out in order to lose diet, um, to, to lose weight. I think that if we can have a well-rounded approach, that's at least in my experience been, been the most beneficial way. There are going to be uh, exceptions to that rule, but that's just kind of what I've noticed. So I do say that if possible, if you can fit in foods that you enjoy, whether that be a piece of chocolate, whether that be some chips or whether that be a burger here and there, I think that that personally is a really, really good way to go. However, there is a side of this of this coin that I kind of fall onto, which is they can't just have the one row of chocolate. They can't just have the one chip from the chip packet. They end up eating the whole fucking thing. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're, it's worth having a think about what side which of that. Which one are you? Which one are you? You know, well, I can put a um, 
block of chocolate in the fridge. And you I can, can have one It'll last piece. you for a month. Yeah. It'll last you for a month and then you come in one day and then it's gone. It's because I ate it all. And I'm like, um, where is it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I personally like to not cut out anything. Um, but in saying that, I do 100% understand that there are people out there that if they do try and incorporate foods that they really love, you know, and generally speaking, that's going to be foods that are more highly palatable, chocolate, sugary things, high, high fatty things, whatever that might be. And that can really derail their, their progress. And I think a good point here also too, if you struggle with um, discipline and you're still just starting out and things like that, like just don't have the option. Like it's like we do with Daisy when she's training and think like if you just don't give her the option of, you know, to have that toy or rip that up, like just don't give them the option. 100%. So like just make sure your fridge doesn't have chocolate yeah. if that's the – because your body will want to reach for it. If it sees a chocolate in the fridge, it's going to want to reach for it. If you're in a deficit and you're, 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 you're going you're gonna to be hungry, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get that out of the way. If, if you're dieting, like hunger is, is a part of the journey. It just is you have to own that and just accept it. So if you're really hungry, just think logically, should I have this food in the fridge? Probably not. And you're going to open the cupboard a hundred times a day. And if you see the chocolate in there every time, you have to be pretty strong to not eat it. Absolutely. Yeah. So just remove it out of the out of the equation. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't fall into that category. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the effects that sleep and stress have on diet. We've kind of already touched on stress. They almost fall in the exact same category. Um, if we're not sleeping great, we're going to have a really hard time dieting. Really, really, really difficult time dieting. Not only are we going to be far less likely to be able to stick to the diet. Uh, we're going to be much more likely to binge. Uh, our willpower goes down. All of the things that are going to help us stay on track when it comes to sticking to a diet long term become much, 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 much more difficult when we're not sleeping. Um, so that's something to definitely keep in mind. Um, the other part of this, you know, you know, when it comes to sleep and dieting is if, if we're consistently not getting good sleep, let's say that you're only getting five or six hours per night, um, you'll still lose weight on the scales. Let's say that you lose five kilos on the scales. Uh, you'll lose that no matter what. It's just that if you're not sleeping properly, that weight is far more likely to come from muscle as opposed to fat, which is obviously not desirable, right? Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, if you want to lose weight, you want to be making sure that you're able to stay motivated, have good willpower, stay on track for a long time, and the weight that we lose actually come from the things that we want it to come from on our body, then make sure that you're prioritizing sleep. And also is that when you're sleeping, the regenerative of your cells at the same time? It regenerates. Yeah. It regenerates. Not too sure what it's got to do with, <laughs> but it's a good, it's good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, I'm not the coach. Can you do <laughs> You're doing good. Doing I'm good. the client. Yeah. <laughs> long-term client, longest client I've ever had. Um, uh, okay, cool. I want to touch on this very briefly. Um, there's a bit of a snowflake mentality getting around when it comes to counting calories and dieting in general. Uh, a little bit of like a Gen Z, I can't count calories. I, I, uh, uh, I can, I can't do it. You don't need um, to, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they say? Um, I don't watch those Listen, shows. there's going to be a time and a place for counting calories. I've said this again. I don't want to repeat myself too much. Do you need to do it for the rest of your life? Probably not. If you're not a bodybuilder, if you're not someone who wants to be like 6% body fat, chances are you can probably get away with not counting calories your entire life. But if you're someone who needs to lose weight, who wants to lose weight, who wants to gain weight in terms of gaining muscle, this isn't just weight loss. 
If you're someone who wants to do that, then it really doesn't make any sense to be intuitively doing that, at least in my opinion, unless you've earned those stripes. You have to earn the stripes of intuitive eating. You have to learn, learn what is in these foods. Like you can't ask. It's easy to say like, I oh, just intuitively eat. But that's only because you've learned how to count calories. And, and if you are someone who, who it does upset you mentally or, or mess, with your, mess with your head by counting calories all the time, then sure, don't do it. But for most people, most people are obese. Let's just be real here. Statistically speaking, the majority of populations in the Western world are obese. Now, those people, I can guarantee you, would benefit from counting calories. Yeah, cool. Um, Probably another one to touch on here as well. Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on weighing yourself every day? I personally like doing it. Um, I, I am of the, I'm of the mindset that we can manage what we measure. And the same way that you'll hear people often say that, you know, if you're someone who you doesn't have the amount of money that you want in your in your bank account, then it can be really beneficial just to log into your bank account every day and just just be aware of it, just check it, and not see where the money's going. What are you what, spending it on? Why why are you spending it on that? Why are you spending it on that? And 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 things like that. And and again, it's it really depends on the person. Um, I know that you've had trouble with weighing yourself every day. It can become a little bit obsessive um, at things of that. I don't I don't have that issue personally. Uh, so I like doing it. It just keeps me in check and I can see it's like, all right, we're starting to creep up a little bit here. I'm just going to, you know. Which it is very valuable for me at the moment. Like since increasing, going from no calorie, like 800 calories to, you know, I'm creeping back up to 1200 to 1500. I feel that per day, I feel that being able to weigh myself is giving me that relief to make sure even if it does go up, I just eat a little bit less the next day, you know, and learn over the week that like, it's an average. It's that an average. was the hardest thing for me. It's an average to. and then, you know, if you see a little spike, once you learn these things and you do it enough, you understand that spikes are very natural. It depends on our water fluctuations, what we eat, what we don't eat and things like that. The carbs you eat equal water. Of course, how much food me you have in. learning that, that was probably the hardest thing I think was yeah. for me was understanding the fluctuations. Understanding that fluctuations are a real thing and that weight is just the relation that we have to the fucking earth underneath us. It's, it's not a... It's not an everything and everything, you know what I mean? So I think, I think if you're someone who is, I think if you're someone who it gets away on you, you know, it's like, oh, I just can't believe it. I'm just feeling a little bit, uh, I don't know how that's happened. But, and, and then especially if it's after the holidays or something like that, again, once you have the skills of learning to count calories and you implement everything that we've spoke about on today's show and you know and, and understand that if the weight does go up, it's not a very scary thing. You, you know what you need to do. You just need to bring down your calories down a little bit, increase your need, increase your movement overall, and just get into a deficit. It doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. Um, so I think that it really depends on the person. Personally, I do it. I like to do it every day. Uh, it's just a part of my move. I don't even think about it anymore. It's just I just jump on and I just have a quick look and I go about my day. Um, I definitely do do it every day when I'm, I'm trying to achieve something in particular whether it be weight loss weight gain whatever that might be um but yeah even personally when i'm trying to maintain i'm kind of intentionally trying to maintain so i'm kind of like is it staying at the same number every day and um so that that really depends on the person i personally find it very helpful 
Um, well, that about wraps up today's episode. I, th- I feel like we covered a lot there. Um, we could have went very informative today. Very informative today. A little bit of a different format, but we just felt like it needed to be said. Mm. Um, but yeah, with that being said, we love you guys. If you make it to this far in the show, appreciate you, Yay. and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.